Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. We are live with our first international show of the year. Uh, we are joined today by Ben and Louise from Germany. How are we doing over there? Oh, fine. Good, thank you. And Jimmy from Sweden. Jimmy, how are we doing today? Uh, we're doing pretty okay. As, as well as can be in this uh, current climate that we're in. Yeah. yeah. So the first question we've got is the hidden gems of flag football. The, the tournaments that, when, when, it, when, the, when you're setting up your calendar for the year, you look at and go, this is the one that I, I want to prioritise above everything else that you really want to go to. Jimmy, I'm going to go to you first. What's, what's your hidden gem of, of the European scene? Uh, that, that's the thing. Uh, here in Sweden, we travel very, uh, to very few tournaments. Uh, we've been to Sportmunda Bowl in, uh, in Denmark, and we've been to Flagging New Year in Scotland. But those are pretty much the only tournaments that Swedish teams travel to. I think we sent one to, uh, I think it was the Utrecht uh, tournament in October. A female team went there, but other than that, we we rarely joined the European scene. So, I hope to uh, I hope that we do that more in the future. Have you have you been to many of the European tournaments? No, uh, most of the tournaments are during our season, so it's it's pretty hard to make the schedule work. So, it's always the awkward bit when you, when you when your season comes in and you've got to try and. It's not just a case of prioritizing your season over the international tournament, but it, it's looking at the weather as well. That's one thing. I mean, like obviously, we have a few tournaments over here that are outside of our, our summer, the, the two weeks of summer that we have. And they, they go to like October, November, December. I mean, the women's flag finals, as little, little probably remember this one, it's like October, November, December time is the finals. And no one wants to play outside of that day. Lou, Lou what's your, your thoughts of like the the, the well, weather at that I, point? I broke my leg at a finals day for Opal, and I'm I'm hundred percent sure it was because it was cold. I I swear I don't know if there's any science behind that, but you remember that, huh? Yeah, like it. I went. It was the first tournament actually. I went to come with Lou, and great start. She broke her leg. I had to drive the first time in the UK on the wrong side of the road with her. And a broken leg on the next seat and it was freezing cold um i mean we our season is over end of september um in germany so and that's always a little bit tricky with the weather so starting nearly in october i think <laughs> is kind of a nightmare I mean, it was we were used to it just pile on the clothes and take blankets fine <laughs> I mean, it was always that weird bit of like coaching with the, the university squads over in England. The, the wonderful weather comes in and everyone goes home. And everyone <laughs> comes back in September, ready ready for the winter season. And, you know, you never see them training like nice weather. And unless you get that 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 last little bit in like the, the start of September, when everyone's still looking forward to the sport, like a brand new sport. And then they come in and it's shorts and T-shirts sort of thing. And then it comes to the end of like, you know, your first game day and it's 15 layers and you hide inside at the end of a game. That's why we're like really screwed when we go to big ball and stuff or like European championships in Spain when it's really hot. 
and yeah. we've just got like no concept of how you play at tournaments in that kind of heat and for that amount of time definitely disadvantaged in my opinion it, jimmy looking at the weather in in sweden what's your your weather like for your season and then out of we, season do you still play we we try to have our season from may till september so that's the when it's hot or nicer weather here but uh, we have started as early as april and uh, at one tournament i know we had to shovel away the snow uh, from the field uh, that was interesting but yeah we, we try to have our, our uh, season during the summer which makes it difficult to put the schedule together uh, for the big tournaments in europe we we try to adjust for it but, but it's it's hard uh, so and we try to have tournaments in the in the fall but uh, rarely any teams want to join those uh, uh, tournaments because it's outdoors and cold and don't want to travel during the off season things like that so uh, it's a bit tricky how is the ratio in Sweden like? Are there loads of tackle players as well playing flag? Because, for example, I know hosting big ball, I know that loads of countries have actually paused their leagues. Because I mean, you haven't been to big ball, which is unfortunate. I yeah. would quite happily have you there. Um, yeah. I know that some like Denmark, for example, they just stopped their league for that weekend. I mean, the weekend is basically known already now for next week because it's always linked to a public holiday in germany yeah and i don't know if, if there are three or four swedish teams who say we would like to i mean the, the other hand it's the problem of getting in people which is luckily i don't have to get in but uh, learning from the past it was like two minutes and we were sold out um but still like even the german league i think the austrian league as well they've all basically got a stop or a block for this weekend I don't know if it's something which you can consider in your league that you can yeah, maybe take. Yeah. 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 We are, we are, we are doing that and we are trying to, to do that. But uh, the problem is that since we have our league in the summer, if we get a week off, a lot of players say, well, then the family is going to come first. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of players won't, won't travel uh, to tournaments, even if we put the, put a bye week during during those to okay. those tournaments um and the the rules in sweden for uh players are a bit tricky when it comes to that because it's hard to just put up a bunch of players and go play a tournament without the administration parts going into it uh mm -hmm. to trade players and so uh, it's a, it's a bit tricky we, we're trying to fix it because we realize that we won't learn unless we travel to other countries because we have what in a good season we have eight teams in sweden playing at two different levels that means that you don't play that many other teams during a whole season uh, and you don't adjust you adjust to the teams you play uh, and it's we won't learn uh, and we know that when we go to international tournaments and national teams that we don't face enough teams to to learn to broaden our uh, looks on the sport so that's a challenge for us but we're trying i mean you say about with the family can't you just take a family holiday to germany and see see the sights of ward off who are these crazy people putting family before football i've never heard that happen <laughs>
yeah it's uh it's a weird concept i'm i'm trying to make people forget about family but uh, <laughs> they're always around i guess <laughs> i mean i mean england does the same when it comes to the 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 schedule you, you, we, i mean i think at the moment there's a three-week gap in june ready for like for, for big bowls so you have people traveling and things like that yeah. so yeah we, we block it out as well and i mean as organizers of the sport how, how proud does that make you feel to know that you know not only are you blocking out the feet of like the, the German teams, but the a lot of the, the European countries are basically setting their schedule around your tournament in a way. I mean, to be honest, in the beginning when we started Big Ball, I didn't think it would get that crazy at some point. Um, I knew it would be something big, at least in Germany. But when we started to have teams from literally all over the world, and now I think we have over 60% foreign teams, uh, I never expected that. And especially the last two years when the uh, registration numbers went through the roof, when we had it booked out in two minutes, it was, I mean, definitely makes you proud because it's basically the only sign you can get that people like the tournament, that we're obviously doing a good job. And yeah, I mean, I always said to Lou, like, I would like to go to a tournament like Big Bowl, which is not involving loads of work for myself. Um, yeah, the sad part is I used to go to Big Bowl as a player. And now you have to work and, and now you know what work is behind. So <laughs> yeah, like to, to basically answer the questions as well, what, what tournament I look forward to the most, like, I personally think like for us, we were quite unfort or quite fortunate to play the Champions Bowl the last four years, which is from the level of play the highest other than World or European Championships in my eyes, because you literally have the best teams from every country. And even there you have quite big gaps, but that is always a highlight and has been the last two years plus Sportmonda Bowl in Denmark. Because as well, in my eyes, there's a very good level of play because only, I mean, knowing the Danish level and you have the top four Danish teams at least participating in that tournament. Um, we managed to beat them all now, but like there were years where we got killed by the Amadillos every time. And um, like Jimmy said, um, we started, I played my first international tournament when I was 16, Waldorf, we always were known for traveling a lot back in the days. And then we thought, why don't uh, make an international tournament on our doorstep and do not travel that much? But we still travel a lot. We went to flag in a year and like, if we can, we are traveling a lot. And that, I think, made us better over the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, that, that is the, the big one with the travel. Obviously, it's obviously as a, as a traveling team, you said that you, know, you travel to all these different countries do you sometimes find that the the ability to find players an, an issue or is that something that you guys don't really struggle with to be honest um when we set our calendar in the year we know okay we have sport Monday bowl champions bowl um and maybe flag in a year or something for example king bowl as well in utrecht was on our schedule for last year if it would have had happened um We've gone to a tournament in France into Viking Bowl, but that was a kind of one-off. I, I don't know if it was meant to 
be happening last year anyway. Um, but the good thing is for us, um, hosting Big Bowl obviously gains us a little bit of money, I have to be honest with that. And we are using that money solely for traveling with the team. So in most of the cases, we're using the money and say, look, we are paying the hotel. Um, we, are, we have a bus from our club, which we are getting for everyone. So if you say, I want to take the bus, even if it's to Denmark and it's 10 hours, you can do that. We have the chance to bring stuff there, balls, jerseys, cleats, everything. And everyone else just flies and has to pay his flight and that's it. So that's how we um, manage to go on these tournaments. Because like Chemisport, for example, is I think we pay nearly 300 euros per person without flights. So, but that's full board. This is a different level. But still, when you go to Denmark, Denmark is expensive. Like, but we never really struggle. Obviously, you have people who are who can't make a weekend, but we never really struggle to make a team. And if we do, then we reach out to like it's possible for us to get some guest players. Like we barely do it. Like, for example, Champions Bowl, we weren't allowed. But now, last year, Sport Honda, we had one player who played from a different team for us because we had two late injuries as well. Like, it wasn't even the case that we were completely short players. But, yeah. I think as well as a lot of the tournaments become quite well established, you can basically plan a calendar around them. Like, a lot of people, mm. like you say, block out Big Bowl. We've often gone to Big Bowl blocked out. Like, basically, in December from our what you call it, an AGM meeting, mm. we have a whole section that's just calendar and everyone goes through, goes through the calendar and they all write in exactly which tournaments are like already planned for the year. So I think as well that like the more established tournaments, because it's so far in advance, everyone basically knows which ones they're going to attend and which ones they're not. So it kind of helps as well. Is that a bit when you... Well. Sorry. So it's also like a bit now where you, you, you don't plan, as you said, with, with the family, you don't plan the family holidays. You plan football holidays, and then every now and again, you get like a, a trip away. And yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you guys, it's one of those ones where you feel weird where you go away somewhere to another country and you don't have to take a pair of football boots. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's rarely. <laughs> yeah, we always, like, when we plan, because obviously being a teacher, I'm pretty much, so long as it's in holiday time, pretty flexible. If it's not holiday time, then it's good. But in terms of you booking holiday off work, working in the bank, like we have to sit down and say, right, we need players for Sport Monday Bowl because you need the Monday and the Friday. We need like players for World Championship or whatever. And then it's like, okay, maybe if I take an extra five days here and there, we could like, at the end of the World Championship, we could stay on an extra few days. And that basically becomes our holiday. So it's pretty much exactly that. But our holidays are playing football tournament. I think we're a little bit special as well with us both playing. So it's not yeah. that often, I think. But the whole family is completely involved which makes it easier for us. But I understand the point, like I had that with my ex-girlfriend, which she wasn't as supporting as Lewis. And so, yeah, <laughs> I she understand that point. She probably didn't want to go on holiday with you to play football. No. She wanted to go on holidays, not, not the, the working holidays <laughs> that you have. <laughs> can completely understand it. <laughs> I mean, Lou, what, what's your, the tournament that you look forward to? I don't know if the, if the women's teams have different, uh, any like, women specific tournaments or are they all mixed in together? Um, I think it's partly a little bit different in terms of the tournaments have become like better catered for women. So in terms of like Big Bowl used to be such a massive one because the women's tournament was so good. It was strong teams, it was reliable and you know you got a full schedule of play. 
whereas like you might turn up to I think was it potentially one time at Pink Bowl where it's registered to have something crazy like 16 teams and then you sort of get there and six aren't coming and yeah. games are cancelled which is a problem generally I think with the women's sport because there's not many teams and perhaps it's not easy to get players and all of that kind of thing so I think um going to a tournament like Big Bowl and I think that um, Viking Bowl no, sorry, King Bowl in Utrecht is getting pretty reliable Damn. now for like yeah, a decent yeah. women's league. So I think that as more women's teams start to travel and they become basically more reliable and the level of play increases, and Champions Bowl, obviously, we I've played that the last couple of years, um, I think that's more an important thing for the women's team, whereas for men's, obviously, if they turn up to pretty much any tournament, okay, you might find one that's a bit fully run or where the standard's not so high. All the facilities aren't so great, whereas for the women's side, sometimes it's a little bit more, well, at least we get two days playing, and it's, I don't know, just like a separate tournament for guys, perhaps. I mean, knowing as well, in Germany, we don't, unfortunately, don't have a women's league. Um, so we basically have one team, which is the Wanderers Ladies, uh, which they will now play in the men's league. Um, but like for them or for our ladies team, it's always like three tournaments a year. That's basically it. So which like I mean, we 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 plan to have a second team, like basically what we are doing this year, to have our ladies as our second team in the league, um, to get them some more reps as well. Um, but you can't compare it, like especially when you have the chance to play against other girls and especially on a high level, like definitely King Bowl was very good, like. Um, you see a lot of Russian teams coming up as well. Like they are coming out of coming out every tournament. I have the feeling, and like yeah, they have been good last couple of years. So, I mean, Jimmy, what, going slightly off on that, what what's the uh, the women's flag football scene like in Sweden? They basically play with the men's for the whole season, and then they have uh, a short women's season with like three maybe four teams uh to form the national championship but they, most of the season they play with the with the men in the in a mixed division so. i mean i mean obviously in the uk i was so you know that we have like the men's teams and then we have the women's league i think our women's league last year had about 10 at 12 teams in there so obviously we, we, we're doing quite well on that one but looking at comparisons in the country on the rules, obviously, most teams will have most uh, countries will be following the IFAF rules, rule books, and things like that. Uh, Jimmy, is there any rules that you have seen or that you would like to change? Oh, where do I start? Uh, I'm 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 a member of the uh, uh, advisory board for rules on both tackle and flag football in Sweden, so. We, yeah, it's, uh, I really don't have any rules that I, I would like to change. Uh, I would like to see uh, us try have like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, double motion or something like that. Just to, just for fun. But that, that's, a, that's only because I like scoring points really. But no, it's 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 kind of hard to see because every time I I look at the rule, oh, I'd like to change that. Then I figured, okay, but then I have to do that and that and that, and I don't think the sport's ready for a lot of changes right now. I think we need to have a stable rule book 
that everyone can uh, adjust to uh, for the time being, uh, since the sport, the sport is so so small in many countries. I mean, you probably see it a lot different to to a lot of other people. Like you just said, when when you change one rule, you don't realize that it has a knock on effect. I mean, we, we've talked about changing rules in a couple of the podcasts, and it's always been like, this is the rule we should change, and then. Yeah, that's 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 just been it. Then you you kind of look at it and go, if that rule changes, then I've got to change these fifteen other ones. Yeah. I mean, looking at the comments we've got uh, with the people listening on the episodes, I've got Martin Jacobson or Jacobson, uh, the intentional grounding rule. So I don't think at the moment we have it in flag at all. No. So, I mean, I, as I mean, when I, when I do play, I do play quarterback. I don't want intentional grounding brought in. I, I want to be able to throw that ball away just in case. I mean, I don't know if you have a different opinion on that one, Jimmy, as as an intentional grounding one. No, it's a it's a you you lose a down. Uh, that's a good enough point for the defense, anyways. So, and what what would what would be uh, what would the penalty be? Would you just move the ball back to where you throw it? That I mean. I guess being a quarterback, I don't think five yards extra on the next down does too much anyway. So I don't know what the penalty would be uh, for intentional grounding for it actually to have an effect on on the play. So no, I I, I vote against that. I think. Oh, there you go, Marcy. If you want to try and add in a penalty, like a ruling on the yardage as well, see if you can change his mind on this one. Uh, Lou, we've done yours, but I will I will bring bring it back in as well. But Ben, what's your What's your ideal rule change? Uh, we 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 discussed that earlier, but like I mean, just before we started the live stream, we talked about it as well. That there's first this new rule change with the onside kick. I mean, onside try, however you want to call it, um, which I didn't believe when I first read it. Um, I don't know if everyone is aware. As far as I understood, um, when once you are back. Uh, like your your team is behind the other one and you score you can afterwards try an onside try from your own five yard line to go over the middle line i think that was it with one try if i'm not com- like I've, i think that's right like that. yeah um, that, that's the way you, i interpret it too and if you succeed you basically have another basically complete drive more or less over the line which we discussed that earlier might happen that you can score 16 points without the opponent's team touching the ball, which is quite crazy, but might change the like might make the game more interesting. I don't know. We will see probably this year because we, as far as I saw, we have this in Germany this year, and probably as we are depending on the IPAF book, will be world championship and everything like that. Um, my personal opinion would be to have the intentional grounding. I think is a kind of cool idea but if I would have that I would have on the same note that the quarterback could run um, I don't know that's that's a rule I never really understood why the quarterback can't run um, I'm not that kind of a runner anymore but I would like to run um, even though if I shouldn't but it's probably safe for me that I don't but um, I mean I, I played the AFL style in uh, America once I mean only one game it was a short uh, visit, but career. there was the rule: if you get blitzed, you can run as a quarterback. And I think that would be quite fun. Um, it might change things up in defense completely because 
it's quite easy if a blitz is running towards you. If you run towards them, they can't really do anything. Um, but I don't know. Just that would be my idea to change things up a little bit. I mean, I agree with that one. Um, much like yourself, I, I want to run, but I don't think I should. So it's one of those ones. But I mean, uh, we have the we have another league in the UK called OFL Outlaw Flag League, and they they. They they follow the the basics of the the IFAF rulebook, but then every year they they add in new rules and mm-hmm. tweak little bits here and there. And they've got one where um, once per half the quarterback can run, and then also they have it where once per half again the blitzer can blitz from any distance. So if you want to line up on the go- on on the line of scrimmage, you can do that. And some, sometimes, I mean, we had it once where the, the blitzer was lined up like a yard uh, like a yard away from our centre in full sprint position, and it was so obvious they were going to blitz. And so all we did, all I did, as soon as the ball came to me, ignoring the intentional grounding rule, spiked it straight into the ground. They've lost their 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 what well, it was called bullet blitz, and yeah, they've lost that one. But it, it does make you think that. I mean, the, then start, teams started doing other bits where they would line up in full sprint position, making it look really obvious, and then drop back into coverage. And as yeah. a quarterback, it kind of makes you think, are they blitzing? And it, it does make you think about things. But yeah, so I think the, the, the quarterback running, if there's a blitzer, I mean, it's one of those ones nowadays where with the speed of the blitzers and speed of all players now, you'll see a blitzer and, and a quarterback just running around in the backfield for seven seconds trying to get rid of the ball and it's i think if you put that bit in of allowing a quarterback to run it would be you'd, you'd have blitzers look at make it a bit uh more of a challenge for them as well yeah th- do you what's, what's your thoughts on the qb run um i agree that if if the if you if as you said if you put in the uh, intentional grounding then the quarterback should run because otherwise he doesn't have any 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 options at all uh, and I kind of like the idea of having uh, the quarterback being able to run I I I fully don't understand the, that that particular rule either I could see that there is in in some teams where you have a really good athlete that you just give him the ball and he runs and runs and runs. Uh, but no, I, I kind of like the idea of the quarterback being able to run. Well, going going back to your one quickly, uh, we've got Martin back on here. Um, the penalty should be loss of down and enforced from the spot of the foul, from wherever the ball was thrown. So basically, comparing it to a sack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you lose seven to ten yards on one play if 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 you threw the ball from a normal shotgun. So yeah. it's it's a slightly deeper one there for them, but Luke, yeah. Luke, going back to your one, I know we've we've talked about yours on a, on a previous one, but what's the one rule change that you would bring in? For mine, um, yeah, I, feel like I got I got a lot of stick last time for mine. Just to, <laughs> I mean, I basically also stole mine from the AFL thing, where in the first five yards you're allowed to just push it a bit, just think it would yeah, make bump that, and run, bump and run. We just make that um. Yeah, she's yeah. very aggressive. Like I know that from from personal experiences. <laughs> Football experiences, obviously. Um, but I just I don't know. I think when you've got that like close contact coverage, where um, man coverage, where I don't know if it's short yards or, I don't know, someone's 
just think that they're a bit more aggressive than you did faster than you. Would, I don't know, just within five yards, what would you say? Nothing aggressive, nothing like... I mean, to, but, to be honest, this is kind of happening anyway. Well, this is what I mean, really, is it happens anyway. And like, that if you could just... I barely see anyone lining up one yard ahead of you. Like, no one does it because first they can't do it. And if they do it, then there's like three moves everywhere. And yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I, I see a point. That's why it should make be legal. Within reason. So I, I don't know if we, we, we talked about this one on your, the, the ultimate team race we did with you, though, but if you were to do the, the bumper run coverage if you did it in the, the in the no run zone so you make it like a short yardage if it's only short yardage situations you can't run but you can also bump on the line i, th I think that's a a fairly even split for the offensive and defensive outlook on things yeah i would be up to that. but then i guess you'd also have to regulate whether it counts at, like you'd have to i would imagine you'd have to um differentiate between like a bump and a hold because I would imagine on a short distance, any kind of hold would be quite um, difficult for offense. If you've only got a few yards and you'll be, it's, I mean, usually like goal line is got to be a pretty quick pass. And if you're being held, then it's a bit different ways. If you're just, if it's just a push off. It makes the refing harder for sure. In my eyes. Um, yeah. Jimmy, we're going to go through our rule, our rules man right now. The, uh, the bump and run coverage is that a yes or no from you uh it's a yes and no i guess uh, i kind of like the idea because uh, i mean it's it's already in the most playbooks or uh, most plays anyways so um but i don't know uh yeah I'll, i guess i like the bump and run do we, do we expect us to see this in the new Swedish rulebook coming out soon? No. <laughs> it, it was worth a try, Lee. I'm sorry. Yeah. We could, we could have the one of those rules where it ends, ends up getting or we lost them. It, like the rules that get named after players. Yeah. Oh, it's all falling apart in Germany right now. There we go. <laughs> this yeah. what happens when you use a pillow for a desk. So let's say, yeah, you could, you could name it after people when the, the rule's been created. So you could have the, uh, the cleaver coverage rule. I don't know if you want to call that one. I'm up for that. It's a great name. So, I'd, uh, so is this one like, I yeah, like, when Nick? I like clever QB run more, to be honest. <laughs> I don't back that one, so I don't want my name. My goodness. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the, the new rules coming into to big bowl in a couple of years. We're going to start and have yeah, coverage on that one. Big bowl only. We can make it a big bowl only. I mean, we we had because we always asked teams what we could change, and there were things like, I mean, we already adjusted some of the rules, saying uh, in the second half uh, for a start, for example, is a lot of down. Um, which we adapted from Sport Monda. Um, so we already changed, like that was the first change. But I mean, we had once now we had the full referee coverage on Big Ball, um, like with a real professional head referees for all the games, which was 
Um, I said I would say quite expensive, but yeah, basically it was because we had to raise a starting fee to pay for all the referees. We had 12 referees from various countries, um, which was great. Like the feedback we got was amazing because everyone liked it because there was always one referee on the field who 100% knew what they were doing. And especially with tournaments like Big Ball, you have really good teams, um, but not even the really good teams know how to ref, to be honest. You have like you have everything, um, and like having that was a big game changer for us. And if we could maybe adjust that with um, some minor rule changes, like a second half, um, uh, false start, loss of down thing, and maybe even something else like a small rule change in the future. I don't know, but but I think that's something that also goes along with the short game format versus like a longer game. Like if you're playing twenty minute halves with stop stopping the clock yeah. and everything then you're bound to need some slightly different rules. Whereas like this, the Sport Mondo one that we've sort of stolen with the loss of down in the second half, you need it because it's a 12 minute running clock centrally timed. And if people take the piss with a certain rule, then for a tournament like that, you're going to have to change something. So I think it also depends on the format as, of the tournament as well. Yeah. yeah. So looking backwards and forwards to this one we're going to talk about the, the the dreaded thing right now which is covid obviously it's cancelled football across the world it's can it's cancelled everything across the world pretty much i mean that you can't do anything you can't go you can't even train at the moment but jimmy how, how was it when when it first really set, like set in in sweden like when they started cancelling stuff did you did you ever think it was going to be one of those things where a couple of months down the line you'd have a season and it would all be back to normal? Yeah, I I, I really thought that, and we we had our men's season uh, finished uh, last year, only just, and the women's season they played one weekend and then everything shut down. <clears throat> but our uh, federation put in a lot of special rules of. Uh, uh multiple uh, locker rooms and uh, restriction on how many players you could you could have or how many people you can have on the sidelines to be able to do it uh, and we were fortunate enough to have a season last year this year i i, I really don't know how it's going to be uh, teams haven't haven't been able to practice at all uh, some teams are thinking about canceling this whole year because they're not being able to practice and they don't have a, a preseason at all, uh, so it's it's a mess right now. I guess it's the best way to uh, sum it up. I mean, I, I think England's kind of opposite at the moment. We we cancelled last season. I think it was cancelled not long before the actual start of the season. Um, they've just released a a schedule for this season. Also, are they, they're trying to plan for. Best case scenario, we have a season and they can, they've got it all organized and ready to go. Obviously, they, they can change the dates on things. That, that's just a, a, a simple thing for to sort out. But yeah, we, we lost the entirety of last season. Um, but do you, do you have light at the end of the tunnel in Sweden right now? Or is it still a long way? Um, for us, uh, I think most teams are, are looking forward to actually travel uh, abroad and play in other tournaments uh, that's the thing that we're longing for because we we in sweden we have played uh the teams that are in sweden we have played each other so many times that 
it doesn't it, it, to be honest doesn't really matter we need to play other teams uh, so that's what we're looking forward to so I, I personally think that a ruined season here doesn't really change much the only thing is that we don't get any new players in uh that's the big re big issue we have right now that we're uh we have so few players already and if those players are gonna drop off and no new ones coming in they're gonna be fewer teams so, uh, so going for your for your team personally i mean have you noticed any changes i mean obviously like over in the uk we, we just have like the group chats and things like messenger and whatsapp and things like that and yeah. during during the season that's just like a non-stop thing and then once this covid lockdown sort of like bang in the middle of this lockdown bit everything was just silent obviously there's nothing to talk about sports wise so, and you know, there's nothing to really plan so it yeah. just died I, mean, I don't know if that's happened with you as well uh, not really uh the team that i was was involved with a lot last year uh were pretty much a big old family uh so we kept in touch and i think they did a lot of things uh together anyways the way they could uh we had our uh, uh season uh finale online uh so that's it's but but i think a few teams are uh struggling with it because they can't do anything together and can't plan anything so go, going over to germany i mean you guys have, have just it was only like a week or two ago that you announced that Big Ball this year wouldn't be going ahead, um, which yeah, obviously that's that's cancelled most people's holiday. Well, the holidays were cancelled already, but you know they've got nothing to plan for nowadays. Um, but how, how is Germany looking, and how has it been coping throughout the whole situation? I mean, I I looked the other day because there were like when the UK announced when on which day under the perfect circumstances which lockdown restrictions will be eased and stuff. I looked um, when like last year when it all started. I think the first down first day in lockdown here was Lou's birthday, sixteenth of March, and from then we didn't train anymore. And I checked one of the messages coming to the WhatsApp group. Um, we have a massive WhatsApp group with 45 people. Like, I mean, we have some separate ones for the girls, for the men's, but there's a general one for the Wanderers in general, where I post information, like if we're allowed to train and stuff. I posted 11th of May. That was when we were allowed to train again without contact in groups of five. So basically just route running and at least throwing a little bit of a ball. Um, and I checked, and that was when we had 400 cases, I think, overall in Germany on that day, 11th of March. And now we have still, still 10,000. So I think the general, I don't know, threshold is the right word, gone down a little bit. So I don't think we will have to wait until we are at 400 again, because it's just, it just can't work if we have to go that down again. But we haven't trained, like, we were quite fortunate we were able to play a little bit of our league however just in the week when we were meant to have the final day it was cancelled it was just a shortened league and wasn't an official title from the federation but it was still kind of a league but just the thursday before the saturday when we had to when we wanted to play the final it was cancelled and we were lucky to go to sport monda which was just basically in a window where it was 
still fine. Um, but other than that, since October, there was basically nothing. Like, sure, there were some, some of us are good friends privately as well. So there are different groups or different contacts in general. But I said to Lou, I haven't, like, I had three torn ACLs. And after everyone, I threw the ball quicker than now. Like, I haven't thrown a ball in ages. Like, I met with one of our receivers the other week to just throw a ball because I was desperate. But I don't know. Like, we're hoping that maybe in one and a half months, so maybe beginning of April, um, we can maybe go back to the thing of training with five people, no contact, at least a little bit of movement and everything. But I don't think there will, there will be any normal training till mid of May, personally, in Germany. But I don't know. This is something we discussed the other day as being like a probably quite a major influence on the world championship. Like they're pretty set on it happening. They want it to happen. And it's just interesting to hear from um, you got a message from the Danish guys this week to say that they're basically allowed to start training again. And yeah. with the UK vaccinating as well as they are, and you know, that these supposed steps that are in place, they might start training again. It'll just be interesting to get to a tournament where you're not all on a level playing field in terms of your preparation so you know two years ago you might think okay well we didn't prepare quick enough or long enough or we didn't train hard enough or whatever whereas this year there is an element of well we weren't allowed to train until September or July and other people may have been training since February or March so I think that would be quite an interesting influence on the standard of the of the uh, teams that head up to the world championship which I think is kind of sad but I guess at the same time it will be at least make things a bit more interesting. <laughs> I mean, you could also warm yourself up a bit where a team's first training session, especially when you look at like the, the international ones, teams don't often train together as regular as, as a, at a club level. You, you could have teams turning up in, the, in a world championships and things like that, and it could be their first time actually training as, as a team and playing as a team. And so instead of going through, like, you know, let's go through our, our roots and our playbook and things like that, it's going to be a case of... You know, you, this is your training session. It's also the first game of the World Championships. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... I mean, we have the, the thing of, like, I would love to try for GB again this year. Um, I couldn't go last year, obviously, being pregnant. Um, but if I can't come over to a camp because I'd have to quarantine or it's still not allowed, like, it's not considered essential travel or whatever, um, obviously, then that won't really work out. But you might have a situation where you have players who, like Lindsay, for example, is currently in the States. I don't know if she would plan to want to be involved, but you might have players who are not currently located in the UK who want to play. Just not eligible, so yeah. you either can't play or you might end up with a team who haven't seen each other really for a year or two. So it's a really strange situation and it's definitely very strange when you live abroad as well from the team that you want to play with. <laughs> I mean, surely this should come under like essential travel. If it's if it's an international sports career, that's that's what we should put it down as. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, professional <laughs> professional athletes. Professional athlete, yeah. In, international sports. Um, yeah, I mean, in football, it works all uh, all the time. They are traveling around like crazy, and in my eyes, sometimes completely unnecessary. But yeah, yeah, Dubai trip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But that's the problem. We are just a side sport of a side sport. That's, that was once an article in Germany being 
I don't know if a sideboard is the right word in English. Yeah. But like flag football, the sideboard of a sideboard, which yeah. perfectly describes it in my eyes. <laughs> and um, having the influence of like you can definitely see in Germany, for example, with the NFL and more being broadcasted here, that the interest generally gets bigger. Um, but I hope that even through this pandemic, we will have that impact. But I don't know, like, as I said, I hope that we can at least start to train in one and a half months, maybe beginning of April, a little bit. And I mean, that's why, why we cut that, especially the quarantining rules were the reason for us to decide to cancel people because having 65% international teams, every everyone would come into Germany. And I personally think the last rules covid wise they will change will be the quarantining rules because that's what you what you as a country protects you from the outside um and knowing that that will be the last thing to get which they get rid of so yeah, i mean you see it from the uk like some of the steps one of the last steps is like still saying i think step four is still saying pretty much no international travel so i mean i know there will be loads of people who would um do or we would travel to Big Bowl five days early and do a quarantine and do a test. There are loads of crazy people out there uh, to want to do anything to come to Big Bowl, but I will, uh, we thought that would be stretching the limit a little bit, so that's why we can't do it. I mean, you get that point of, like, you know, obviously cancelling Big Bowl is, is never a good thing, but at least you've, had, you know, you've got now got that year where you don't have to organise the biggest tournament in Europe. You, you, get, you get the weekend off. Yeah, I, I I didn't like. To be honest, last year it quite suited us because Lou was highly pregnant, and I didn't I, I didn't miss it to be honest. But this year was a little bit harder, and yeah, I mean it's just we've done it now thirteen, fourteen times I think, and it just I mean I've done it half my life, so it always has been a big part of my year and working up to it and the week after just uh, being burnout. <laughs> burnout and glad it's over and but yeah it was kind of weird last year on the thursday bank holiday so yeah i was working on the bank holiday and came home and had nothing to do no building up of tents and nothing so that was quite cool <laughs> i mean i mean jimmy obviously with, with the lockdown you're saying that you know you, you, teams are trying to spend more time with their family if you've been locked in a house with with your family for a year now, surely that's the ideal time to to play the. Maybe we have like a a, a holiday away from each other. I mean that, that yeah. that's what. I mean they're you coming can with you. That. That's a problem. <laughs> but obviously you can't do that one. You, you kind of lose out on that one. <laughs> but say so, so Jimmy, that's what that's what you need to start pushing towards your players now. That obviously you need time away. But, you know everyone needs a holiday. Yeah. You need a holiday that's, from your family. That's probably the best selling point they can give them i guess so but uh, it's gonna be a, a long time before we can travel as freely as we've done uh, in the past year so i think teams are gonna have to uh, really commit to one or two tournaments uh, in the beginning and then uh, maybe start start out doing more tournaments and more tournaments and uh, i think the organizers is gonna have to be smart about the the tournaments too because you you don't know if teams are going to be able to travel and things change so fast uh, i haven't heard anything about the sport Munda bowl 
but I think they are probably looking into how to do it this year, if do it all. I don't know. I mean, I mean it could I be one of those ones where, where teams are now going to look at it and go, we want to play more flag football. So there, there may be that bit, you may have the, the slight bonus where teams are going to go, I'm, I'm going to set up a tournament because we want to play. Yeah. So like next year, well, I say next year, later on in the year or maybe early next year, they could you could just see a massive influx of, of teams kind of going, I want I want to play more flag football. We've missed out on a year, two years, whatever, however you look at it. They, they, you know, there could be extra tournaments. There could be like three big balls in one year. I mean, obviously that would be organisational and terrible for you, but I mean, I mean, you know, you never know. There, there could be random tournaments popping up in every single country now, where people, and as soon as like they say travel is allowed again, yeah, everyone wants to travel. So yeah, that that, that would be great, actually, but you never know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm not going to plan anything like that. I, I've been to Big Ball once, and I have no idea how you managed to do that. That the, the the organizational side of it is over here is terrible. Seeing like what how many how many teams did you have last year at Big Ball? Or last last see sixty three teams in a, in a two day tournament is. It is amazing to watch. I mean, you know, I, I think I was coaching that season and it was just wandering around for the rest of it, just kind of watching two days of flag football is a brilliant sight. And so, yeah, yeah, it could be one of those ones where we get all the extra bits, you get all the other tournaments and everyone's going to be running big balls. You, you said that it, it was your almost to become like a job thing. That, you know, there's a new career. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, the, the, the plan for this year's Sport Monda is basically nearly as big as Big Ball. I think if they yeah. like they they expanded for sixty four teams, so they would get by one. Um, knowing that the COVID situation is still ongoing, I doubt they will get it. But seeing as all the teams who have signed up, it's amazing. Like um, yeah. we met the national team, um, and they they reached out to me actually and asked me. Uh, I heard you are a guy to contact when it comes to European flag football tournaments and where they could go um, for a tournament. And I said, oh, I would say big ball, but to be honest, you would be better off going to Sport Monda. That was when I didn't know that Sport Monda will be as full as it is now, because I said to them, big ball, we have good teams, but you might get three good games maybe from the quarterfinals and the rest yeah. will be too easy for them. And especially knowing Sport Monda ball was always around eight to 10 teams. And we always played two times 20 minutes. so longer games and the level was higher so i said to them go to sport monda and once i did um the, the rumors spread a little bit and all of a sudden you have the best european teams coming like the austrian teams um the french teams everyone signed up knowing the americans are coming which is like i want to see them play and yeah. i w will probably get my ass kicked in but that's fine um but i mean that's how you learn as well and i mean i hope um, I, I spoke to one of the Danish guys today, and considering that Denmark is quite a small country with six million inhabitants, I think they are planning on have having everyone vaccinated as well in June. So it might happen beginning of uh, middle of May when it is. They say basically we're all already vaccinated. It's fine, but I have no idea. So I think no one really knows. And yeah. I think um, 
Martin sent an email as well, the organizer of Sportmonda, saying that they are still planning on going ahead, but it's too early to tell. Like we weren't, we were sure that we don't want to do it as well, knowing what extra regulations like no one knows what regulations will come to us everyone has to maybe fill out a form and knowing how crazy the organization of big ball is already sorry that was too much yeah even if we would have been able to do it so i mean jimmy what you need to do now is, is start up a little tournament and you want you want like 65 teams just to beat the you'd yeah. be setting records I think that's a record I don't want to hold. Uh, <laughs> I, th I think I would be in a padded room after that, and I don't think it's worth it. Uh, I think I think it's it's amazing how you can do it, uh, and but I think you, uh, I guess you've built up to having sixty three teams. I don't think you started with sixty three teams. I, I can imagine. So yeah, no, I think the first year we had twenty eight. We went pretty quick up to 48 men's teams, but um, I mean, now as well, we had 20 teams on the waiting list. Like, we could do more, but like, yeah. we just have not enough space. That's the problem. Um, and it's always a problem to find volunteers to help, to sell food and everything. And I mean, you've seen it, uh, Marcus, like, it's loads of food and like, it's just. <laughs> yeah, I think as well, you have to be careful like this. The potential to use a couple fields sort of next to the football fields we already use but you also would potentially start to ruin vibe if you had fields that were like a little bit further out of the way and yeah, sometimes out of sight, yeah. it happens at tournaments a lot where like the girls have to like push into field number nine right in the back and of course it's nice to have the opportunity to play but it's a little bit like you're away from the music and the noise and the atmosphere and you just spend your whole time kind of in a field in the middle of like nowhere I mean, it's stuff like that at Big Ball as well, like what we did after we got feedback, like we basically make sure that every team plays on every pitch once. I mean, us, Waldorf as a home team, we always play on one, which is, I think, fair enough. But every other team, because we had group in the beginning, we had group E on field six in the back. And now we've changed it. Our Excel guy did a massive job there of making sure that everyone plays on every pitch. Uh, which is an absolute nightmare, I can tell you. But um, especially when you have teams coming, yeah, I am coaching, um, I'm playing for the guys' team and I'm coaching the ladies. Can you make sure that we are not overlapping in the schedule? So you get questions like that, which we always try to accommodate, but it's um, sometimes we have to say, sorry, mate, <laughs> that's one step too much. But yeah. I mean, Jimmy, instead of hosting, instead of organized tournament, if you just hire Ben, you can you can start it's it's the new business it's a new yeah. professional flag football if it's a professional thing then technically you can travel it's essential travel yeah. for you. You, you hey we could do some pocket money now i'm not working <laughs> why don't you do it i can train you and you do it fine let's be honest i do it anyway you just saw the face <laughs> well before we get into that domestic issue I'd like to thank all, all three of you for turning up. I mean, there was always, yeah, it, it's the, the very aggressive Louisa on that one, as she described herself earlier on. Um, so thank you guys for, for showing up for this one. Hopefully, I mean, I'm, I doubt by the next episode, which is four weeks, we're trying, we're, we will be trying to do these 
every four weeks and we'll try and we'll try and find out something we can talk about flag football related obviously there's not gonna be much of a game situation but it may, it may just be a trip down memory lane and trying to find out you know, who who does all the spreadsheets in it for big ball and who, who's the real mind behind it all yeah so once once again guys thank you for joining us hope you've enjoyed it we will see you all in around four weeks that wraps up this episode find us on facebook at first and 15 podcast give us a like to keep up with all of our shows also check out our sponsor nuola for all your customized sportswear supplies Thank you.